Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. We're talking about overcoming parenting overwhelm. If you have experienced being overwhelmed, you know why we're covering this podcast. And this, I have a feeling this could potentially become one of our most tuned into podcasts it's because possible. every parent has experienced being overwhelmed at one point or another. And there's a lot of change happening. You know, we're mm-hmm. tr- either trying to change things or we're responding to circumstances that cause us to change, yeah. or it's the new year and there's just changes in our lives. That seems to happen a lot. And, or maybe we're just desiring for things to be changed and it's Mm -hmm. not happening or it's not happening fast enough. You know, I even think from my perspective, even 22 years into parenting, there are still things that I am trying to implement for the first time um, as a mom, whether it's a new curriculum that I'm trying or um, a new habit that I'm trying to get my family to um, instill or to be executing on a regular basis. And Anything new can create overwhelm because yeah. you don't know if it's actually going to work, yeah. right? And so um, there, there is, I think, a lot of people out there, especially even right now, um, who most of them, their lifestyle choices or the things that they're implementing because they are encouraged by biblical parenting, a lot of those things can potentially become um an overwhelming chore or task, especially if they didn't see it growing up. Yeah, absolutely. So, So, hey, thanks for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. We'll get to the four points we have here with scriptures and everything in a second, but we just wanted to thank you because Mm -hmm. we 100% do this uh, through the support of people purchasing products, joining the app, which is uh, Mm subscription-based, $8.99 a month, uh, to the donations that come in, Mm -hmm. 100% uh, because we are full-time in this effort to Mm -hmm. bring about the the podcasts bring about all the content we're putting out and a lot and of getting time goes back into to it. people like I, I think a lot of times people. people i get the comment a lot on instagram like when people message me privately they're like oh whoa thanks for getting back to me like i'm surprised that you did and i've always done that because to yeah, me, me it's that personal touch is so important and it's the same with like the text messaging that we have with the different groups that we have going um whether they're in there because they're in a course or whatnot and that all takes time So we appreciate you guys supporting us so that we can support you and so that we can support other parents who really need that um, one-on-one get backs. Absolutely. So let's stay connected. One way is to subscribe to our email, uh, which you can do in our social handles. You can hit the link and there's a way to do that Mm -hmm. on on Angie's and mine and Courageous Parenting. Also um, join the app. It's a great way to be a a deeper part of the inner circle and get really good, um, you know, encouragement. encouragement. Uh, I think the most powerful thing the most useful thing today is strong community. Yeah. And while your primary strength of community should be at your church, 
the reality is around the world, some places that's difficult and mm-hmm. you're looking for that. And we don't want to replace that. But what people are finding is while they're trying to find that, or even if they have that, uh, they're getting an expanded network of biblical believers they can connect with and be real with and get wisdom from. Yeah. It's uh, community is one of those invaluable things today. For so, sure. anyways, so. there's a lot we could say, but we appreciate all mm-hmm. your help and sharing. Every time you share, I know you're raising your hand saying, I'm part of the One Million Legacies movement. So, we're going to dive in. The first point for you guys is when you're feeling overwhelmed, I think it's to realize that there are no perfect parents, there are no perfect people. Um, that's why there's actually a need for Jesus to make us right with God. Um, so just remember that, that you're in similar shoes as everybody else is that we're imperfect people and we have imperfect kids and we're trying to raise up God's little humans to be responsible adults, but also to have a great commission mindset to share the gospel Mm -hmm. and whatever they do and to love God and follow after God. And that is hard in the moments of the mundane sometimes. And so the point is to don't, it, there is no perfect parents, but we do need to be diligent. Now I know we're talking about not being overwhelmed. So I'm not trying to put something on your shoulders, but we're not going to prevent the truth from coming out either, which is we do need to be diligent. Mm -hmm. So what Isaac is saying is in the midst of being overwhelmed, if you are an overwhelmed parent today, Do not allow, choose right now in the moment to not allow the overwhelm to paralyze you from doing Mm -hmm. good, from doing the good that God has called you to do as a parent, which is to be diligent. Deuteronomy 6 says, teach them diligently to love the Lord your God. And so we need to remember that there is definitely jurisdictions, responsibilities that God Mm -hmm. has given us, and sometimes... All of those, when we look at all of them, could be potentially overwhelming. I, I'll, hey, I'll just start this podcast out <laughs> sharing and confessing to you guys. There have been many times in my life where I've been overwhelmed, and I mm. come to Isaac, um, and he, if I haven't gone to God first, and he'll go, "Hey, okay, let's let's talk this out." And he's there for me as a listening ear, and he'll help me to remember what's most important. And what's most important at the end of the day is that your kids know that you love them mm-hmm. and that you are pointing them to Jesus. And so I, I just want to remind you of that really important thing. If there's one thing you take away from the podcast, it's that you want your kids to know that they love that you love them and that they know that God loves them so that they love him. Um, and and that they know who he is, that mm-hmm. they love him because of who he is, not because of what he's done or that he because he loves them. But and I just want to encourage you, if you listen to our podcast every single week or you start it over again, you're gonna get so much good wisdom. But there's no way to implement everything immediately in every single episode. Now, the good news is a lot of them are just encouraging. A lot of them are just awareness. And and mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure some of them, you're going, right on, I'm doing that. Oh, here's something I could add to it. And that's hopefully encouraging to you guys. Mm-hmm. But remember that you're, every family is unique and on a journey. And as long as you're diligent to do what Angie just talked about, that's most important. There's yeah. so many things we can focus on. And sometimes if there's so many things we feel like we need to change, 
we get paralyzed, which is right. what you're talking about, which is let's make sure we start there. Let's simplify to what's most important, which is what Angie just did. And I think that's and, good. And I think that, you know, when, when it comes to that sort of thing and you really evaluate and you go, do my kids know that I love them? And you're like, well, I kiss them. I said, I love <laughs> you. I, um, you know, I spent alone time with them. I read them a book, these different things. Like if you think about how your kids feel loved and what you did that day, I'm sure that your kids probably went to bed knowing that you love them. And that is a huge, like, we don't want to be the type of parents that need to check things off the box. But if you are that personality type, that should be on your list. Because if you have a list of things and and you're not able to get to them because you are putting what's most important first, and then at the end of the day, you look at your list and you have nothing checked off your list, that can be super overwhelming and discouraging. And so I just want to remind you that all of that could be erased and you could say, do my kids know I love them? Mm-hmm. And that would be enough. And so I I think that this is something that I have to remind myself of on a regular basis when I hit overwhelm, um, because there are times where even in that overwhelm, I have to take a deep breath. I have to like calm my breathing down. I don't know if you've ever gotten to that place before. Um, but when you are in the midst of that, you need to remember a few things. One of them is in Galatians chapter six, verse nine which says, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Mm-hmm. If we do not get up, Amen. give up. Um, maybe you've been listening to the podcast for a while. If you have, we did an entire podcast on this specific verse and breaking it down. Do It's called Don't Grow Weary Doing Good. You got to go and you got to listen to that. That was a great podcast. But this specific verse is about sowing and reaping also. And there are times where overwhelm can equal weary, Mm -hmm. but there are also times where maybe you're not weary, but you're overwhelmed um, because you're weary spiritually. Maybe Mm. you're not, hear me again, maybe you're not weary physically, but you are weary spiritually. And so that is what this is talking about. We need to not grow weary. Let us not grow weary. So what do you need to put into your life so that you do not grow weary spiritually? And the the Bible's so amazing. You know this, but if you've been spiritually dry for a while, um, if you get in a quiet place and you ask God to make his words make sense to you, and then you read his word with a sincere heart, you are going to be filled. Mm-hmm. You will. That is a promise. He gives to us without partiality is what yeah. James 3 says. So I, I or James 1 when it's talking about wisdom. And I, you know, it's interesting because as we're talking about being weary and this concept of like weary physically versus weary spiritually, because you can become overwhelmed if you're feeling either of those things. Sometimes parents need to just stop and ask why. Mm-hmm. Why am I overwhelmed? I know that this is our second point, which is perspective. And that's the why. Mm-hmm. Your perspective is why. Why are you why are you overwhelmed? Do you have too much on your plate? That's a good question to ask. Another good question to ask is, am I sowing what I or ha- am I reaping what I've been sowing? Which is what Galatians 6 9 was just talking about, right? If mm-hmm. you you will reap what you sow, if you go and look at Galatians 6 6, it talks even more in depth for the next three or four verses about sowing and reaping. Yep. It says, make no mistake. 
that a man will reap what he sows, that's both good and bad. And so if you are overwhelmed, you have to get perspective. And guys, this could be convicting to you, but I'm not going to hold back because I think this is a really important aspect of parenting. If you are physically weary from parenting, you need to sit back and say, why am I weary? Mm-hmm. Is it something that needs to change regarding my sleep or my diet? Am I not eating enough, right? Physically weary. Or am I physically and spiritually and emotionally weary because it's I'm like dealing with the same attitude issue with that little child over and over and over and over and over again. And I feel like I'm not making any progress Mm. and I'm getting discouraged spiritually. I'm doing good work, but I'm growing weary, doing good. And the Bible says, let us not grow weary doing good. In the same verse, it talks about sowing and reaping. And so the next question is, what is it that I have been sowing in my child over his lifetime or in the last Mm. month? that needs to change because what I'm reaping from what I've sown is making me weary. So you could be doing something right to tend to your child and their bad behavior consistently even, but if there's something over here that is off, it like could watching be a movie. Impacting that. Like I even think about like what show or um, media has your kid potentially. This is just one example. You guys, there are so many examples we could give. But you may be doing everything right as a parent regarding your relationship and communication with your child. But if you're sitting them down in front of a TV show that is encouraging disrespect of parents and disobedience and rebellious spirit and they're watching that show – you can expect that same fruit in your child. Or if, they're, so, or if they're around other kids that do that. Right. But this is about you not being overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. so I also think that it's important to have perspective in terms of what is going right. A mm, lot of times people tend to na- navigate towards what's going wrong when there's probably five times more things going right and that you could be yeah. blessed and you could be appreciative of and the more you list those out and you think about those things, the Bible talks about in Philippians dwelling upon what is good, beautiful, right? All these things. It's important mm-hmm. to dwell. Even Bible tells us to focus on the good things, to dwell on the good things. It's not to escape that we might need to improve something, might need to make an improvement as in a parent. It's not a reason not to focus on that. Mm-hmm. But what we should be dwelling on is the goodness of God's word. And the good things that are happening, the good things that God is doing in your family, in your marriage, in your life, and to have some perspective. So sometimes we're out of perspective because we think about this thing that's wrong, and then we go on a bunny trail of many more things that are wrong, and all we're doing is being a wrong hunter. And we need to be Mm -hmm. a good hunter. And we need to be a good hunter with our kids too. And sometimes that can put us on a track that makes even more contention between us and our kids. And so we um, hold the baton of the culture of our home. Mm-hmm. And so if we're becoming a wrong hunter, that we're, we're, we're holding a torch forward of wrong hunting. And, and that can even spread. Our kids that could spread within our kids and, and between the, the siblings. I mean, think about the whole concept of the rotten apple makes the entire bowl go rotten, right? And so if you are the are you the rotten apple? <laughs> like I hate to say that. But as far as perspective goes, I know that for me, I tend to at times struggle with looking at what's going wrong versus 
looking at what's going right. And that can be a really negative place. And so like the, many years ago, when Isaac and I were running a business together, we had this thing called Neg Police. Do you remember that? And you were like, hey, no neg here. And and it was like, yeah, I mean, that really changes your attitude. It changes your countenance. And your countenance is so important with your kids because you set the atmosphere. So if you're constantly negative and you're struggling with kids having a bad attitude, a lot of times they're mimicking you. But the verse that Isaac is talking about is Philippians 4, verse 8, which says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever Whatsoever things are of good report, mm-hmm. if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I remember a time where the very worst things were happening to us and a very challenging time. And I remember lying in bed and I was just reciting that because I'd studied that scripture and I think I preached on it. Mm-hmm. And and then I was just the it, it would the negative would come in my mind. Why is this happening to us? Or why did this happen? Or what do I do? I, no, we might lose everything. I don't know. Right? All these things, the worry, right? And all of a sudden, no, what is true? Focus on what is lovely. Focus, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd recite that in my brain and I'd be like, oh. And, and, and it would just disappear. Everything mm-hmm. would disappear and God's in control and I just need to be a good steward. I just need to be obedient and joyful in all circumstances. He does give us an equation. He wants us to be obedient and joyful in all mm-hmm. circumstances so that he's glorified through your trial. Mm-hmm. So also in Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. Oh, and, and it also says, And be thankful and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and so forth. But this is so, so cool because we have yeah, to let the it's our peace attitude. Mm-hmm. of Christ rule. What is ruling? It means c- completely consuming. Consuming. Rule in our hearts. Does Christ rule in your heart today? That's convicting for me. Does Christ rule in my heart today? I would say part of this morning not. You know? It's like we have to be reminded mm-hmm. continuously Maybe memorize that scripture and ask yourself, is Christ ruling my heart right now? Mm -hmm. Because if he is, we're going to move away from overwhelm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how overwhelm can be triggered in people. Overwhelm can be triggered by just, have you ever said the, oh, that was the icing on the cake, right? That was the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. There are many, (laughs) you're like laughing at me because these are old idioms that, you know, we, that people like my grand, my great grandma used to say these things all the time when she was on the verge of becoming overwhelmed. And there are times where I think through and I go, why is it that there's a list of things? And then all of a sudden there's one more thing and that's what does it Mm -hmm. because the list is us focusing on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't even be a list. Where else do we see this? We see this in 1 Corinthians 13 when it says, love does not keep a record of wrongs. That's hugely convicting to me because if if love doesn't keep a record of wrongs, why are we keeping a record of wrongs with our kids? Why are we keeping a record of wrongs with our husband? Why are we keeping a record of wrongs with anyone, right? Instead, what should be our response? 
Because the reality is we will reap what we sow. So if we are sowing, keeping a record of wrongs, then we're going to be sowing that in that relationship also. Yeah, Christ wants us to be set free. He wants us to be set free to to do his work and to attract others to him, which includes your kids, Mm -hmm. maybe your husband, if he's not a believer. So I would say that, you know, going back to looking at the second point, which we've labeled perspective, you brought a totally um, different teaching um, and perspective on this concept. And I just want to encourage people that it probably is a good idea if you're going to be getting perspective to start out with what Isaac was talking about today, which is focusing on the things that are good and praising God and having joy, because that's going to change your heart attitude and it's going to bring your blood pressure down, to be real honest. Um, But at the same time, the reality is, is you could turn around, go back into your kitchen or your home with your kids and be quickly um, triggered into being overwhelmed again if there is truly something that needs to change in your parenting or in what you're Mm -hmm. exposing your kids to. And so I would say that after you've changed your perspective regarding what you're focusing on and and you find um, you're really you're at peace with God and with the way things are, then turn around and go, what is the, what is the why? Why am I experiencing these things? And then try to make change on those things first, those character, deep heart, eternal issue things. Now, the third point we want to talk about is what? Uh, You want to be not focused so much on yourself Mm -hmm. and more focused on the bigger purposes. And what is the bigger purposes? Angie talked about earlier is to glorify God Mm -hmm. in everything you do. But sometimes we're we don't even realize it, but we're having a pity party with ourselves. Husbands do this, wives do this. Okay. We inside won't admit it very often, but we're like, woe is me. Why is this happening? Or we're, I am not capable. I'm not as good as so-and-so over there on Instagram. I'm not as talented. I'm not as smart. I'm not as beautiful or strong, right? Whatever the situation is that you're thinking, that doubt, it actually means you're Mm self-focused potentially. Mm -hmm. It means that your focus is too much on yourself. Someone once said, there's nothing worse than someone that has, this may not be you, but a lot of money and all the time they want on their hands. And the reason is because that is the ultimate of potentiality for self-focus. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely not our listeners. But I think about I think about what why do we get so self-focused and start doubting ourselves? Mm-hmm. I think there's an enemy at hand. The enemy doesn't want you to raise up and equip confident, strong Christian kids. The enemy does not want your marriage to be strong and amazing and a light for the gospel in a um the, the bride of Christ. He doesn't want it to look like that. Uh, the enemy wants to destroy you. There is a spiritual warfare that's happening. Now, the good news is God is way more powerful than the enemy. We, of course, we don't want to give strength to the enemy, but it doesn't mean we don't acknowledge it. And there's also our own humanness. And mm-hmm. that's at play right here, which the enemy exploits. And so if wherever you're weak, the enemy is going to exploit that 
And you have to understand that. And your spouse should know where you're weak and where you're doubting yourself. And you guys should talk about that so that you can build each other up and stir up the good works amongst each other, which is really important. So I just think that a lot of times we're we're actually, when we're overwhelmed, it might be because we're doubting ourselves and all these things. And what's the fastest way to cure self-doubt is to remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. God says you're a saint because of what Jesus did on the cross. And in your weakness, he is strong. When Isaac is talking about taking the focus off self and having your focus be triggered on the purpose, what is the purpose? The purpose is actually God. It's a great commission. It's making him known in the world. And so we chose to share with you guys, just to remind you of this verse. I know that you all know it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. This is something he's doing. He's the one that makes the path straight. You don't, you can't. You can't make your path straight. He will make your path straight if you do not lean on your own understanding, if you don't focus on yourself. And so this this whole concept actually reminds me of a very simple thing that I preach to myself many times, which is less of me and more of him. Amen. Less of me and more of him. That has to do with our homemaking. Mm -hmm. It has to do with our marriage, less of me and more of him. Because he's going to be more grace-giving. He's going to be more forgiving. He's going to be more gentle. He's going to be more kind. Less of me and more of him regarding homeschooling, right? Like I even think about um, just, I, I, I'll share again, this last week I was very overwhelmed at it. Every four to six months, I'm reevaluating our curriculum, what we're using for each kid. Every kid is so different. And so, of course, we've used lots of different curriculums over the years. But the truth is, is as kids are growing and they're getting stimulated and they're cruising through a curriculum, they finish it. You need to get a new one. So you need to evaluate the old one. You don't just I don't just go buy the same thing over and over again and reuse it with each kid. Now, there are some tried and true programs for teaching certain things like phonics or basic early math and things like that that are great. But the reality is, is as your kids get older and you start seeing their personality and you start seeing the different aspects of how God made them, mm -hmm. it could become very easily overwhelming for a mom if she's homeschooling more than one kid, mm -hmm. right? And so, and I know that not everyone homeschools, but I know that many of you do. And so I'm just sharing this with you. This is a reality that I even still, still deal with. But again, I have to go less of me, more of him. And changing that perspective, again, those go hand in hand because you guys, this last week, part of my overwhelm was that I was focusing on what we have not done and overwhelmed by the thought of what are the things I need to have prepared my kids for by the time they launch our home and getting overwhelmed with all of the things for all of the kids. And then Isaac said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's look at what we have done. Like, let's let's look at what has been done and focusing on the good things for a second. And then all of a sudden, and then we started having a little meeting with the kids a little bit later. And they're like, no, we've done this and we've done that. And then all of a sudden we're laughing. There was joy back in this conversation. And there was a sigh of relief in a lot of ways because it was like, wow, we've done so much more than was is actually needed. Like on a human level, praise God, that's totally him. Mm -hmm. 
That is trusting his ways, mm-hmm. walking out what he's called you to in obedience. Like Isaac said, what does God call you to? He calls you to trust him and to obey him, and to some, have joy and obey. Amen. And sometimes there's so many possibilities. Uh, there's uh, in the business world, this amazing innovator. He writes books about innovation for corporate America, a friend of mine. And he talks about how studies prove that when you're trying to improve something, that if you have endless possibilities, you actually are less innovative and and are least likely less likely to solve the problem than if you put some yeah. boundaries around the ideas. Mm-hmm. And so simplifying actually gets you more innovative. Simplifying to what actually the core of something is and not trying to think of everything mm-hmm. actually brings a solution faster and mm-hmm. a better solution. Mm-hmm. And so amazing books have been written by this guy on this. And uh, it's, it's something that I've taken to heart because, okay, if, if there's all these things, what really matters? Let's make yeah. the short list. And then from that short list, let's find the supporting things mm-hmm. that make those things happen. Mm-hmm. Totally. So as we're moving into the final point, which is change is a process, not a quick destination or event. Think about that for a second. Change is a process. It's going to take a little longer than just like snapping your fingers, making a decision. It's not like every all of a sudden, it's kind of like working out, right? Yeah. Like you can have all the good intentions in the world to work out. You can even plan it out. You can have time scheduled and all the things, but the result takes time. Mm -hmm. It's a process. It's not like you automatically get back to where you wanted to be, right? And it's the same thing with any other change that you're making. And so have grace with yourself, even in this process of becoming um, good at managing overwhelm. Can I just say that? Be patient with yourself as you're trying to manage Mm -hmm. overwhelm. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is that, guys, there are going to be times where you get overwhelmed and you may go, oh, man, I just listened to that podcast. Why am I doing this again? They said I need to focus on what's good. And they said I need to ask the good why and have perspective. Give myself grace to not have to be perfect, but I need to keep being diligent on the things. I need to take the focus off myself, put it back on Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Be patient because change is a process. Like, I get it. I get the four points. I understand. Why am I back here again? You're, You're back there again. Because it's a process and God wants to teach you through that process. So if there is a final question that we get to ask, yes, I'm saying we get to ask this. It's God, what are you trying to teach me through this process? Amen. And Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. So rejoice in the hope that through Christ we have and do not be, um, so rejoice, <laughs> rejoice and hope, be patient in tribulation. So if there's challenges, we have to be patient, as mm-hmm. Angie's talking about. And prayer is an important part we haven't talked about yet, mm-hmm. but it says it right there in Scripture. So what do you need to bring to the Lord mm-hmm. right now? Lord, change my heart. Lord, help me to be focused on what's good. Lord, would you be with me as I navigate changes for my kids? God, would you please reveal your truth to me in this moment and help me to take any thought captive that is making me feel like a failure that is leading to overwhelm. Lord, would you help me to be patient with myself as I'm trying 
new things, as I'm making change in my life or in my family. And God, would you help me to have patience with other people too, not just myself? And guys, husbands out there, I would be asking God to help me to listen to my wife, to not just try and fix things, but to listen well, long, and let her discover solutions versus always giving solutions. I think there's a good mix of that, but I think praying for patience mm-hmm. too and understanding and um, that your marriage could be an amazing team working together, uh, using each other's gifts for the glory of God in your family. Yeah, I think that sometimes, just one last marriage, I guess it's a marriage encouragement or marriage tip, I think that one of the things that is potentially hard for a lot of women but they're missing out on something huge in their marriage. If they don't share their struggles or they're overwhelmed with their spouse um, and, and it maybe they're sharing them, but they're not allowing the spouse to lead. They're not allowing their, their husband to encourage them with what the good he does see. Guys, that's one of the most powerful things. When I come to Isaac and I am overwhelmed Okay. He oftentimes brings a perspective that I'm overlooking, which is all the good things. And I need those reminders sometimes to be able to calm down in that moment where my heart might be beating fast and I feel like I need to make decisions right away or I feel like I'm failing in something. He brings the correct perspective because he sees it. And so, ladies, I just want to encourage you to li- to sit and listen after you bring your problem. Like, and, and let your husband encourage you. Let him speak truth. Let him help you to know what thoughts need to be taken captive at times, because sometimes I need to be reminded that that's not entirely true, that, that you're not, that's not actually true. You're doing a good job in this and this and this and this. And that can be huge for just diffusing the fire that the enemy lit called overwhelm. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.